On the Posig Vayakriv Moishes Mishpoton Lufnei Hashem, the Moishe Rabbeinu brings the case in front of Hashem. This is referring to the time when the Benoi Slavchot, the daughter of, daughters of Slavchot, complained that they wanted a portion in Eretz Yisrael. Rashi quotes the words of Ayakriv Moishes Mishpoton and explains this Alma Halacha Mimenu that this Halacha was hidden from Moishe Rabbeinu and here he was paid back or punished for the fact that he took for himself the crown. By saying, that Moshe Rabbeinu, after appointing judges over the Yidden, said, that whatever is too difficult for you, you'll bring to me. So here, he has forgotten, or was hidden from him, this particular halacha because of that. Rashi says, another explanation, that really, really it was fitting that this parsha should be written down through Moshe Rabbeinu as well. However, the Benoist Slavchad were Zoycha and it was written down through them. Now, seemingly, what Rashi is trying to explain is this idea, which seems surprising. How does it make sense that at the end of 40 years, Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know such an essential and important din in the order of inheritance, the law, and the case of Benoist Slavchad? And Rashi is explaining this in one of two ways. Either that he surely knew the halacha originally, but here he was being punished and he forgot it, or that really it was fitting that it should be written down through him, but they had a special schus and it came through them. However, the Rebbe says we need to understand a number of things. Number one, we find a number of places in Torah, even before this parsha, that Moshe Rabbeinu is in doubt regarding a certain halacha, and Rashi does not explain that the halacha was forgotten from him. In other words, Rashi accepts that it's possible that certain halachis, Moshe Rabbeinu, simply just didn't hear yet from Hashem. And therefore, it's not surprising that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know the halacha. So what, what's forcing Rashi over here to explain that he knew the halacha and that he had forgotten it? A second question that Rebbe has is, according to the second explanation, that this parsha also should have been written through Moshe, but Bnoi Slavchad was Zoycha that it was written through them. Seemingly, what Rashi is trying to tell us is that this parsha was not said at all yet, and Rashi is explaining why Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't told these halachas yet, because the Bnoi Slavchad had the schus that it should come through them. The question, however, is why over here specifically regarding this halacha does Rashi need to have any sort of explanation why the halacha wasn't said yet? again, as opposed to other halachas that only came up later on, and that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was told the halacha. Rashi doesn't seem to need to find a reason why he's being told the halacha later. Point number three that Rebbe asks, if Rashi is trying to explain how it makes sense that Moshe Rabbeinu did not know the halacha, then in the Dibur HaMaschil, Rashi only had to bring the words Vayakrev Moshe, Moshe brought, etc., from this we would understand that it's referring to the whole general idea that he's bringing this question to Hashem. Why does Rashi need to also write Es Mishpatan? He brought their case in front of Hashem. Another question. In Parshas Ba'aloischa in the Dinim of Pesach Sheni, Rashi seemingly says something very, very similar to our Rashi over here. Rashi says, That Parsha of Pesach Sheni was fitting Lehei Omer, to be said through Moshe Rabbeinu, but these people who brought the case of Pesach Sheini, that they were Tomei, etc., in front of Moshe, so they were Zoycha, that it should be said through them. Here, Rashi uses the words, Lehi Kosev, 
that it should have been written by Moshe, and these daughters of Tzlavchad were Zoycha, that it should be written through them. There Rashi uses the term Sheteomer or Leheyomer, that it should be said. So why over there is the expression Leheyomer, and here is the expression Shetikosiv. And finally, one more question that Rebbe says, it's known that whenever Rashi brings two Pirushim regarding one Indian, it's always because one of them enough, one of them would not be enough to explain the Pasuk according to its simple explanation with all the details. And any question you'll have on the first Pirush, you wouldn't have according to the second Pirush. And that's why Rashi brings the second Pirush. And which has its own issues and its own problems. And the first Pirush would be the one that's close to the Pshutish Mikra. So we need to understand, in our case, what are the difficulties in each one of these Pirushim, for which reason Rashi needs to bring both of the explanations. So the Rebbe says the explanation in all of this is the actual idea that Moshe has a doubt regarding Ahalacha is actually not surprising at all. Because as I said earlier, it could just be simply that he didn't hear this Halacha from Hashem yet. Even at the end of the 40th year, it's possible. Just like in this case, and so too, many other very important dinim that were said in Parshius, even after this Parsha. Rashi's question, however, is on the expression of the Posuk. And this is also why we'll soon see why this is why Rashi quotes these words in the Dibra Maschal. The problem is with this word Mishpaton. Why is the Pasuk describing it in the, with the word Mishpat? Why doesn't Rashi use, why doesn't the Pasuk use a term like Dovor or something like that, which is more common? As we find also in previous Parshias, or even in Rashi over here, Rashi brings that expression, the matter that will be too difficult for you, you'll bring to me. So why does the Pasuk use the term Mishpat? What's the difference? The difference between Dovar and Mishpat in this case would be Dovar would include the whole discussion, all of the arguments, all of the reasons why they feel they should be getting the inheritance, and so on and so forth. Mishpat. The word Mishpat means the psakdin, the verdict, the ruling. In other words, once we have a clarity in the halacha. So since Moshe Rabbeinu is asking Hashem, the halacha, seemingly because he does not know the halacha, how does it make sense to say that he brought in front of Hashem, es mishpaton, he's bringing the law, the halacha, in front of Hashem. This is why Rashi explains that in fact, Moshe Rabbeinu did know the halacha originally. And that's exactly why it says the term mishpat, to emphasize that we're speaking about a halacha that was very clear to Moshe initially. And nevertheless, here he has to bring the mishpat, the law, in front of Hashem, because at this moment he had forgotten the halacha. So it's as if the Pasuk is saying, by using the word mishpaton, it's as if the Pasuk is saying that Moshe Rabbeinu had the halacha and it was forgotten, and this is why he's bringing it in front of Hashem. So this is exactly why Rashi is quoting the words in the Ramaschal. Mishpaton, but he doesn't only bring mishpaton. He also says, Vayakriv Moshe. Because the term mishpat, in other words, that he knew the halacha, this is true only in regards to Moshe. He was the one that knew the halacha originally. Whereas if somebody else would be asking this question to Hashem, that wouldn't fit because they didn't know the halacha. So who is the one that brings mishpat on the law, meaning the forgotten law? It was only Moshe Rabbeinu that knew that forgotten law, and he is the one that's bringing it to Hashem. And that, that's why Rashi brings, Vayakriv Moshe es mishpaton. 
The question, however, is how does it make sense that Moshe Rabbeinu should forget this halacha? Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabban shall call Yisrael, the Rebbe of all the Yidden, that received the Torah from Sinai. And this is why Rashi has to explain what had happened. That here he was punished. And this is to explain that this halacha was, was, was hidden from him as a, as a punishment. Because he had originally crowned himself with this big title by saying, whatever is too difficult for you, you should bring to me. That's why he's paid back Mida, connected Mida, that in this case, he forgot the halacha. The problem with this pirish is, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Yiksha, this idea that Moshe Rabbeinu appointed the judges and said anything too difficult for you, you should bring to me, was in the first year after Yetzirah Mitzrayim. The arguments of B'nai Slavchad was in the 40th year, as Rashi had explained already. So how does it make sense that Hashem is waiting 39 years and not causing or bringing about some way that this matter should be fixed up? It's something that needs to be fixed up by Moshe Rabbeinu. Why shouldn't it be fixed up immediately? Especially that by the delay in this punishment, Yidin might make a mistake and think that this is the correct way of Moshe Rabbeinu taking this crown for himself and so on, because they heard it directly from Moshe Rabbeinu. Shouldn't they have they seen sometime much earlier on that Moshe Rabbeinu was paid back for this? This is why Rashi comes along and tells us, Dovarachar, a second expl- explanation, that really this halacha should have been d- written down through Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, Rashi is giving us another reason why Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha. Not that Rashi is changing from the first explanation, meaning that the first explanation is that he forgot the halacha as a result of a punishment. And the second explanation is that he never forgot it, he just wasn't told the halacha, rather the halacha was meant to be said now because of the schus of Benoist Slavchad. Rather, according to the second explanation, it's also that he forgot the halacha. But the reason why he forgot the halacha, and in fact we have to say he got the halacha because as we said before, that fits with the word mishpatan, that he knew the law already. So why did he forget it? It's not because he was being punished. On the contrary, really, it should have been written down through Moshe. But B'noi Slavchad was that it should be written down through them. And based on both of these pirushim, Rashi uses the expression that it should have been written down, lihikosev, v'nichtava, it was written through Moshe Rabbein, uh, through B'noi Slavchad, meaning to say, that of course it was said already earlier to Moshe Rabbeinu. It was just written down in Torah now in the schus of B'noi Slavchod. But when was it said from Hashem? That wasn't through B'noi Slavchod. This was said already to Moshe Rabbeinu, but he had forgotten it, again, either as a punishment or because of the schus of B'noi Slavchod. However, according to this finish, the question is, just because of the schus of B'noi Slavchod, should Moshe Rabbeinu lose out and he should forget a halacha? And this is why Rashi brings the first pirush, and in fact he considers that the main pirush, that he had forgotten the halacha because he was being punished. Says the Rebbe, one of the amazing things that are hinted in this Rashi. This expression, Shanis Alma halacha mi Moshe, the Moshe Rabbein had forgotten the halacha, we also find at the end of Parshas Balak in the story of Zimri. And seemingly it needs clarification. Why is it that specifically in these two halachas, Moshe Rabbeinu forgets a halacha? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, and this will fit with the halachic aspect of Torah, and it will be even more geschmack, based on the Pirush al-Derech Hapshat, that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu forgot the halacha was actually something that was relevant not only to Moshe Rabbeinu, but this affects all the Yidin as well, the ones receiving the halacha from Moshe. Because they don't know at all 
about this Psak Din until it will be said through Moshe Rabbeinu a second time. And Moshe Rabbeinu will teach it to the Yidden. So the fact that he had forgotten that he didn't tell it to them yet. Furthermore, even once he says it to them, this is already halacha that someone had forgotten, that Moshe Rabbeinu had forgotten. And you can't compare this to halacha that never went through this stage of forgetfulness. The Chazal tell us that to learn something old is more difficult than learning something brand new, or at least regarding Moshe Rabbeinu himself, who was something that was already from before. So it's a more difficult Indian to grasp and to learn something that you had that you had learned and forgotten. And since this is the case, it's understood that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu forgets the halacha is in some way a chisore, and it's in some way not going to be as great in the way, it, way it's given over from Moshe Rabbeinu to the Bnei Yisroel. So that would be the, if that happened to any other halacha. If Moshe Rabbeinu would for, forget it and not give it over to the Bnei Yisroel until a, a later point. However, these two halachas are different. The story of Zimri and Tain and Bnei Slavcha are different. That by Moshe Rabbeinu forgetting the halacha, the Yidden actually did not lose out anything. Why? Because even if Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have forgotten the halachas, they wouldn't have been able to get it from Moshe Rabbeinu at that time directly. Why not? So the Rebbe brings a Gemara that says that any Talmud Chacham that comes along and teaches a new halacha that was not heard before, if it's before the halacha becomes relevant, we listen to him. But if not, we don't listen to him. In other words, if the halacha is Negeel Amaisa, now this is the first time we're hearing about it, we don't listen to this halacha. Toysus explains this, that this is in, in, in a case where the person saying the halacha is a Negeel Badover. In some way, he is biased in some way, that it's somehow relevant to him, and then we won't listen to him if we never heard this halacha before the story happened. Says that in our case, Moshe Rabbeinu was an Egei Bedover in both of these halachas in the story of Zimri and in Benoi Slavchot. By, by Zimri, Rashi tells us they had said to Moshe in regarding to Cosby and the Midyonim, they asked, Zua Suroi Muteres, if you say, are the, are the Midianite women Osur or Muter, if you're going to say that it's Osur who allowed you to marry the daughter of Yisroi? In other words, they're making Moshe Rabbeinu like a Negea Bedovar in being able to answer. And therefore, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't be able to actually say the halacha of Kanoi and Poigenboy that the zealots need to go and strike the person that went ahead and did this. So to in the time of Bnei Slavchad, what did the Bnei Slavchad say to Moshe Rabbeinu? They say to him that he, Slavchad, was not part of the congregation of Koirach that fought against you. In other words, once they say that he's not part of the people that fought against Moshe, so Moshe also becomes like a Negea Bedover. So therefore, again, maybe we wouldn't have been able to listen to the Psak Halacha from Moshe Rabbeinu. So in both of these cases, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't have said the Halacha. And therefore, since this Alma Halacha, since the, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu had forgotten the Halacha by Zimri and Benoit Slavchad is not actually a loss, in the way the Yidden accepted and received these halachas, because I said even without him forgetting, they wouldn't be able to hear the halacha from Moshe Rabbeinu because he's in the Gea Bedover. So Hashem caused that it was specifically in these halachas where the no loss is going to come. This is the ones that Moshe Rabbeinu forgotten. The Yidden were able to accept it in the full way.